Scripture reading this morning will be from Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5 and 6. That's Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. By all accounts and what I observed this morning was that we had a wonderful start to our Bible classes at 9 a.m. It was interesting to see parents uh, uh, wondering where classes were, taking kids to classes, uh, kids with tears of joy in their eyes uh, because they get to go to those classes, kids with tears of sorrow because... (laughs) They weren't prepared to go to those classes, but uh, afterwards, uh, it was neat to walk up and down the hall and hear parents say, well, what did you learn today? What was going on? And, and uh, to let those kids eagerly and uh, enthusiastically share what they learned. I'm excited about it, especially our auditorium class. If perchance you might have forgotten or if you uh, accidentally overslept or if you uh, were not a part of that this morning, let me encourage you to make that a part of your uh, routine every sun- Sunday, 9 a.m. We will begin our Bible classes and then, uh, of course, our worship at 10 a.m. But it was a joy for me in this class to start this morning as well as I know for a number of teachers. So thank you so much for all those who uh, have enthusiastically prepared and have uh, gotten ready for this day and we're glad that it's here. We have had several, I don't know if you've noticed, statements of uncertainty this morning uh, just from this pulpit already. And we have also had statements of great faith in God this morning from the same pulpit. And we have sung as God's people great statements of faith even in the midst of uncertainty and difficulty as we have in our country right now. It reminds me of what we just read from Isaiah chapter 33, as Kenny read for us just a few moments ago. If you want to open up your Bible there just for a few moments, it is a short lesson this morning. You can say amen if you'd like to, either louder to yourself. But looking at Isaiah 33, Isaiah begins that chapter not with a praise of what Kenny read from verses 5 and 6, but with a call to looking at people and God looking down and seeing the difficulty and the unrighteousness that's being done in Judah at this time. In fact, look at the words that he uses there in verses 1 and 2. He uses the term plunder. Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered. Woe to you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you shall be plundered. When, they make, when you make an end of dealing treacherously, they will deal treacherously with you. Isaiah, in this, before he offers this prayer in chapter uh, 33 and verse 3, he talks about people that are not behaving like they ought to. People who, even though they know and have a knowledge of the goodness of God, they choose to deal dishonestly with other people. They choose to uh, do things that are reprehensible in the sight of men. And looking at other people and not regarding their neighbor as their self and not loving them certainly as their selves, they look at them and they say, how can we take advantage of people like this? Doesn't that sound a whole lot like what John prayed in his prayer here just a few moments ago? Doesn't it sound like a whole lot of what we've had to deal with over the course of the past year almost? Doesn't it sound, as we look at our lives and we look at how difficult things have gotten and how changed and how quickly things change in our country and have changed in our country and how they continue to do so, 
What keeps you going? What encourages you to continue to be faithful to the Lord? He tells us, Isaiah tells us by inspiration, some exciting facts about God there in verses 5 and 6. In brief, Isaiah reminds us about God's transcendence. What does he say? He says, the Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. We're not worshiping and serving something that's here on this earth. We're not worshiping and serving something that is temporary or transitional or, or things that change. We're worshiping a God with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. James chapter 1 and verse 17. We serve a God who has transcended this life and this earth. We serve a God, secondly, who is trustworthy. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. You know, there's not an incidence of injustice and unrighteousness and not an incidence of somebody telling a, what we call a little white lie. We tell uh, somebody that, uh, that we've told just a little white lie, we try and minimize that. Or maybe you cheated just a little bit. You know what, there's not an incident that God doesn't know about and God is going to deal righteously with those things. The things that man thinks that they can get away with here, God is going to deal with in truth and righteousness. God is transcendent, but he is trustworthy. But number three, he's got his treasure with his people. A wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. Listen, his treasure is with his people. And right there in the midst of this, I'm reading from the English Standard this morning. Right in the middle of this, consider that what he says about God is that he will be the stability of your times. He will be the stability of your times. Now, this is 700 years before Christ that Isaiah is writing this by inspiration. But consider how God is the stability of our times. Catherine and I went to Africa several years ago. And as we were there in Africa, we took the occasion to go and, and visit one of the beaches there, and we decided to go and do some snorkeling. And so we had some African guides that took us out on uh, one of their, uh, one of their less than what looked like seaworthy vessels. And we were out there and we snorkeled for a little while, but then they'd prepared a picnic lunch, but they did so on a sandbar. And the way the sandbar was, and, uh, and Catherine reminded me that the equator, the, the tides changed so much that the, the water had just come down and enough for this just little spot of land to come up. But the slope up to it was very, very steep. And so as we stood there on that ship waiting for these guys to jump down and to anchor that boat, the whole boat is just doing this. And we were sick for hours and hours and hours after that because there was no stability and when we finally got to that sandbar, it was just kind of like we just had to lay there on the sand, you know, feeling the warmth, but realizing that the whole thing is reeling, and there was stability there on that sand that there absolutely wasn't on the boat. You ever consider how often in Scripture it talks about being tossed to and fro like the waves, uh, like the waves driven by the wind, James chapter 2, and how we ought to ask God for wisdom in those times? It's still the fact that God is stability in our times, even though it feels like our life is doing this we can trust in him and we can rely on him and we can allow him to be the stability of what we face in this life. That's what he wants. That's what it means to trust in him. A man, as he reflected upon this, the stability of our times, he said, consider these things that we need to know about him and I give them to you for consideration this morning. Number one, there is no minimum distance that we have to keep from God under any circumstance. There's a sign on a church building not too far from here that says, love your neighbor from six feet away. 
We've been told that for the last nine months, but did you ever consider that we don't have to keep a minimum distance from God? In fact, the promise is, James chapter 4 and verse 8, that we draw near to God, and what's going to happen? He's going to draw near to us. He's the stability of our times. There is no restriction or limit on our access to him and his blessings on prayer or his word. We don't have to spend time away from God's word. We don't have to spend time away from his blessings. We don't have to socially distance ourselves from him and what he's promised. In fact, we know that as times grow tighter, we can rely on him more. We can stand more on those stability that he provides because he is stable, because he is unchanging, because he hasn't moved. He's the stability of our times. There's no chance that we're going to look for him and he will not be there. He's always there. In fact, one of the promises Jesus made to his disciples in Matthew 28 and verse 20 before he left this earth is he said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. There is no possibility that you'll learn that what was true of him yesterday is not true of him today or tomorrow. God is unchanging. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? He's the stability of our times in 2020, almost 2021. There's no limited access at the throne of grace for the child of God. Now, there's things that I wish I could go to the door of the governor or the door of the county judge or the door of the president sometimes and say, you need to listen to me. <laughs> this is the way that I feel like things need to be. This is what I'm asking for. You know, you can always go to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. And God is our stability. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. There's no threat or danger that can keep you from the love of God. Paul deals with that in Romans chapter 8. What can separate us from the love of Christ? His answer, in short, is there's not a thing in the world. There's not a thing in the spiritual realm. There is nothing that will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. He is the stability of our times. There is no earthly thing that, to nullify the truth that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Hebrews 13, verse 6. In fact, <laughs> with God as the stability of our times, the more we are exposed to him, the healthier we will be. The more we're exposed to him, the healthier we will be. He will be the stability of our times. The truth is, brothers and sisters, that as our life continues to go like this, as we never know from what one week to the next of what's going to be or what's not going to be or what is going to be uh, somebody plundering somebody else or somebody dealing treacherously with us or with somebody else, God is still there as the stability of our times. Notice what's not there. It's not the stock market that's the stability of our times. It's not politics that's the stability of our times. It's not our family that's the stability of our times. It's not the geography that's the stability of our times. It's not race that's the stability of our times. It's not finances, personal or otherwise, that's the stability of our times. It is simply God. And his transcendent nature, his trustworthy nature, his treasured nature, and the fact that he knows us and we know him. So I asked the question this morning, is he your stability? Is he your stability? If not, let me encourage you to act on faith. Make him your stability. 
put your trust in him more, resolve to do so. As we talk about Purpose Sunday, hopefully you have spent some time in reflection and prayer and thinking about how God is the source of everything that you have. God is the source of your stability. Act in faith. He will continue to be the stability of your times, I promise you, because he promises that. Maybe it is that you've never made God your stability. That is, you're outside of Christ. You're lost, as the Bible would term You're still under wrath, as the Bible would call you, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. You can make that right this morning. You can put your trust and faith in God. You can obey the gospel, and you can be his child. Don't you want that this morning? You can have it as we stand and sing our invitation song. God is calling the prodigal.